Hello and welcome to Space Chats. I'm Adam Henning, the director of the Space Theatre, and I'm here in person with Bettina Paris, director of Abbey Theatre's Cookie Jar, which is performing at the Space from the 27th of September to the 1st of October. Hello, Bettina. Welcome to Space Chats. How are you? Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me. I'm one well, thank you. Good so far. It's been a busy day already, <laughs> and it's still o'clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got so much more to do after this, so I'm, I'm glad there's still some of the day left. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about Cookie Jar, mm-hmm. could you tell us a bit more about yourself, Yana, your, your background, what led you to theatre, that sort of stuff? Of course, well, that's a long, a big question, a long story, it feels. So, well, I moved to London in 2017. It had been a dream of mine from, I mean, since the young age of like four, to be involved in the theatre, involved in, in obviously this industry. I worked semi-professionally as an actor and as a theatre maker in Malta for most of my, let's say from my teen years up until around my 20s. And I was auditioning back and forth for drama school in the meantime. I had gotten into drama school at the age of 16, but financially it was too difficult to come. And my parents, you know, coming from a really small, the small island of Malta, I had no idea these things were possible, so they were a bit sceptical, always really supportive. But we obviously, I didn't end up going. So I went to university, got on with my life, um, did theatre on the side, and then eventually in 2017 moved up for an internship with Chicken Shed originally, whilst auditioning for my MA. I then got into Artec on the MA acting course and I've been here ever since but yes now more so still very much an actor but I've been directing for five years now but I've never directed anything in the UK so this is my first my first show that I'm directing here and Bay was founded right after drama school with Emma Robotham who was with me in the course and yeah we did our first show as a little sort of scratch we had no it was very new territory for her because she had never devised anything before for me it was sort of we grew up in malta devising work um because i mean that's one of the main sort of outlets you propose things you create things it was very much a natural thing for me and i kind of roped her into that and then we kind of asked ourselves do we want to keep on going and we have and cookie jar now has been as you know three years sort of coming and it feels almost surreal that we're here at the space, you know, performing in a few weeks' time. So, yeah, that's mm. a bit about me. So yeah. I, went, I went on for a while there. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all, it's all good. And, yeah, we have had the, been delayed somewhat by, by COVID and the yeah. pandemic. But it's, it's great that, we're, that we are finally getting there. So, yeah, tell me about your, your Masters. How, how was that at Arts Ed? It was really good, actually. I mean, you know, when you dream of something for so long... And then you're, you know, you do it. It's kind of equal parts surreal and almost, I don't know. It was a very, I guess, insular experience. You know, we were lucky enough that we were a big group, but we were we were all relatively different ages, different backgrounds, but we really seemed to gel. It had its challenges, of course, and I think the biggest challenge was really living in a bubble for a year intensive, and then finding ourselves, you know, in the real world until you adjusted that was tough but the course that I said was really good because it was so varied and the course either at the time had just changed the one of the course sort of um, one of the subjects into the device work so we had some time on that as well and for me it was a good chance to sort of really expand on what I already knew so that was no it was a really good good year excellent have there been any particular big influences on your work as a director oh 
good question. Yes, no, definitely. I'm really interested. And I think that's why it's so nice to be working well with, with Emma and even with, you know, with Kieran, because I think even the way she's developed Cookie Jar, it's not so, she's got brilliant writing, but she's not afraid to kind of push the idea of form and push kind of boundaries in terms of a narrative and how you kind of create, put that narrative on stage, which really works well kind of in the way that I like to work is I'm really interested in, you know, the physical as well, how we can tell stories through our physicality and through, I guess, breaking the rules really of what we think is meant to be a typical, you know, stage play. So when it comes to influences, I was really always interested in physical theatre, deviate, you know, um, it's a big, a big influence. Frantic Assembly is also one. Byron Kimmings is also, Kimmings is also another influence. I remember really well that there's an international festival that's held every year in Malta. Um, it's called Ziguzai International Arts Festival. And work from abroad is often part of the program as well as Maltese, I mean, local work as well. And Caroline Horton had come with her show called Mess and I had never heard of Caroline, I had never heard of China Plate at the time. And I remember so vividly that that, that was the sort of work I wanted to create, which was a mix of storytelling, obviously there's a script there, but it's also so physical and it's magic. It's almost like you're seeing magic happen on stage, like the imagination, there's no bounds, you know. Um, so all of those, obviously, and when it comes to directors, you know, Rebecca Frecknell is also someone that I really, you know, look up to. I mean, there's, I love film as well, so it's chunks from everywhere, really. Um, but yes, I'm really interested in merging the physical, breaking form, and stories that are super interesting. I think that's what's exciting about Kieran's work as well, is that the themes we're touching upon are extremely relevant to today but she tells them in a way that's, you know, as much as you're hitting the message home and we're talking about some big things, you're laughing and you're sort of, you know, having a good time whilst watching it. Excellent. It sounds like we have some really similar tastes in good. the sort of theatre we love. <laughs> How do you think the actors that you work with would describe you as a director? Oh, God, it's <laughs> such a good question. I'm scared to ask that. No, you know, honestly, mm. I think I know how to describe me. Um, I'd like to think that it's, I'm quite, I'm very structured in the way I work. So I like to think about planning, not planning what's about to happen in the room, but having a structure that I'm gonna work within that then will allow for the focus to be, you know, us getting the story out there and the most fun, innovative in a way that, br that brings out the actor's potential and sort of the energy within the ensemble, right? So that's how I like to think. So I plan everything before so then there's no unnecessary problems or I'm not phased by running out of time or, you know, any of this stuff. So we can really just focus on the work. But from the actor's side, I guess, they'd probably say like, again, I'm trying to compliment myself, I'm not to be too hard on myself, but very organized, I guess. I'd like to think open, you know, open to ideas. I'd like to my thinking has changed a little bit because I have heard, I can't remember who said this, but it's a really interesting way of phrasing it. I'm, before I used to say, oh, I love collaboration, I'm all about collaborating, and I still 100% stand by that. But there was a really good, um, I think it was a podcast I listened to, where I like to think the way I work is collaborating within sort of a, bound, a limit, a boundary, so that then the focus is more specific. So 100% open to the actors contributing ideas, but then I'm very firm about saying, yes, no, let's interrogate this, I'll hear anything. So understanding, I hope, and maybe, I mean, I love to have a chat. So as you can see, I'm really <laughs> keen to hear, keen to hear the, the actors' ideas, but maybe they might say a little bit too, 
I don't know, intense, probably. I mean, if Emma was here, she'd definitely have a lot to say. <laughs> intense, maybe, um, I don't know, meticulous. Cool. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's a good time. Hopefully it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, I think, that having that, having those boundaries, like you say, because you want to get that creative energy and creative input from, your, from the people that you're working with. But it's also got to fit within the world that you're creating and the story that you're telling. So. Yeah, and it's really easy, I think, to get sort of taken away, you know, by another idea. Yeah. You have to sort of remain that, because everybody, that's the best thing about working within an ensemble, like with people that are just as passionate as you, right? Because... You know, there's so many ways you can go about telling one story as well. I think having that focus and trying to stick to your guns, but allowing, being able to adapt is really key. So possibly I'd like to think I'm a bit adaptable as well. <laughs> Excellent. So you said you met Emma at, at university on, on the Masters yeah. yes. at Art Ed. Yeah. Tell us how Abbey Theatre came into being and what's the story behind the name? Of course. Again, she, she, tell, she loves to tell this story, so <laughs> hopefully I do it justice. But um, again, me and Em were, I guess, in a sense, unlikely friends. She was quite quite shy when we started drama school. I wouldn't say I was super open, but again, being from an island, we tend to sort of be quite direct and, you know, maybe a bit louder than the rest, I guess. But we, we, were, we became, you know, really close at drama school. And I remember we were basically at a pub and I had this idea mulling in my head trying to think again always for the future after drama school thinking you know I sat her down and said Emma I have this idea and originally it was oh yeah I wanted to create I already knew the title I said look it's gonna be called Little Big Girl and I really wanted to sort of address I guess the journey like a coming of age story you know sort of energy from the female perspective and I said, would you be interested in doing it with me? And it was a really, you know, chill conversation. She was like, yeah, you know, sure, for sure. And this, remember, I think it was on Twitter, we saw this call out. Um, at the time, there was uh, Theatre N16 had done a call out for the Catapult Festival, which was basically taking on companies, new companies with their idea, working on premieres, and then doing a preview of the show within a really short time frame. Proposed the, this really, you know, quick idea that I had, I mean, I had been mulling over it, but I wasn't thinking too much of it put my Emma down as you know the company we didn't have a name at the time and we got shortlisted and then we had an interview and then we got chosen so all of a sudden literally out of drama school we were straight into these rehearsals we put on the show and um, that was a really you know intense and good experience and it was kind of in a way good to come out of straight out of the drama school and have something to focus on and as I said afterwards I was like look is it just this? Is it a one-time thing? Or are we going to try and do something else? And we agreed that we would try something else. And the name, well, the name is interesting. The name, the, the concept behind the name, we played around with a few, we wanted something that was a bit quirky, a bit different, something that would get people talking, which in a sense has worked because people often go, uh, is it a bale, a belly, a bio? There's always, you know, the wrong pronunciation first um, and always a question about why it's called what it is. So that's good. But ultimately we settled on a bay because, first of all, it was really a coincidence. We found this out afterwards that, you know, the anniversary, I guess, of the company falls National Bee Day. That was a happy, happy coincidence. That being said, a bay means honeybee. And the motto, I guess, behind the, the name is that the honey, as the honeybee flits from flower to flower, the artist flits from idea to idea. And that's literally what we, I guess, we hope to represent as a company that you know, we really, we're always as much, we're focusing on what we're doing now, but always thinking of where we're going next. Cool, excellent. That's really, really cool. So Abbe produce original, unexpected and spirited new work that is politically charged, 
challenges form and pushes the boundaries of what theatre and performance look like today. Tell us about those boundaries that you're pushing. What do you think should be different about theatre today? Mm. I think it's that, I mean, again, and maybe this, I don't know. When I go to the theatre, especially I think it's very, I mean, it's very easy for any sort of, I guess, industry. I can speak about the Maltese industry. I'm sure it's sort of in a similar vein that I think it's very easy to follow, I guess, go with, the, with a construct that's been in place for a given amount of time. And I think nowadays the world is changing at a much faster rate. Again, even speaking about what I love about London is that there's just such a pool of different people here from so many different backgrounds. Um, I think it's a shame to sort of just stick to the same formula that sort of has been in place for such a long time. So I guess when, although we're a small company, I think it's sort of seeing work, taking inspiration from what we see, but always trying to flip the switch a little bit, not in a gimmicky sense by all means at all, because I think that that's not helpful. But in a way, again, that adds to tell the narratives that we want to be telling today. So for us, I think in terms of boundaries, it's more about what stories are we pushing? The first show that we did, I guess a lot of people told us, is that interesting? Because Little Big Girl then went on for a second run where we kind of wanted to criticize this sort of romanticized artistic process that to be a successful artist you need to suffer which to be honest in this day and age I think that's not a really healthy way of thinking and a lot of people are like oh yeah but you're just telling a story about someone who doesn't want who kind of wants a norm normal you know what I mean the sort of average happy life what's interesting about that and I think I mean there are interesting ways of telling that and I think these underground stories same with you know with cookie jar as much as it's very topical the way it's being presented, I think, is, you know, it's from a different perspective than we've seen bef- before. So I think it's literally finding those stories that are interesting, worth telling, that maybe we haven't seen on the stage. We don't get the chance to be put on the commercial stages that we, we see. And in terms of shape, just, yeah, bringing on, first of all, bringing on creatives that are, I guess, we're a really interesting group on this project, for example. We've got people from all over the UK and people from Europe as well, beyond Europe. And it's so interesting to see how everyone sees the world differently. So I guess, yeah, that's really pushing the idea of the form, the narratives we're we're telling, and also the people that we're working with. Great, lovely stuff. Let's talk about Cookie Jar then. First of all, for those who don't, those who don't know yet, tell us what, what Cookie Jar's about. Well, Cookie Jar, we, we first kind of, we, we start the play within a, a media company, within their offices. And we don't see this part, but we know that they are currently undergoing a rebrand because their former colleague, Lila, has recently has been announced that she's committed suicide. Um, and this has come after uh, a deep fake video. I'll speak more about deep fake because I myself did not know what deep fake was before this play. But a deep fake video um, of a sexual nature has been released of her. Cookie Jar Media itself sort of reacted by just not saying much about it and firing her. And as a result, obviously, following a lot of pressing and sort of very um, abusive, I guess, attacks from the media. Unfortunately, Lila is no longer with the, with the company and with, with the people, obviously, um, on this earth. So we're there. Um, we, the place starts off with the office sort of just coming out of this, of this scandal, I guess. And they've just employed a new 
and you press in to take Layla's role. Now Layla was a TV presenter of the kids media channel. Um, so yeah, we're in there, we're in there with the media offices and we follow five employees. Uh, Jupiter, who is the big man of the, of the company. We've got Nettie, who's in charge of audience engagement. Bricks, data analysis. Cam obviously comes in to replace Layla, which is the TV presenter, and Tiles, who's the intern. And you basically gain insight to all the goings on, the good and possibly the bad. <laughs> and we see everything from Oh, I don't know if I want to give this away, but we see everything <laughs> from a particular perspective. So we're always questioning. We're, the audience is never sure, in a sense, is this real? Is this not? And there are a lot of elements of the serial as well. So Kieran really plays with kind of driving points home in a sort of very imaginative way. Yes, I think that's possibly a good way to describe it without giving away too much. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's such an exciting uh, premise, I think. The whole, the whole idea of the show really, really resonated and spoke to me when, when we first talked about it. Mm. So, and there's elements of the plot that remind me of The Newsreader, which is a show currently on, it's on BBC iPlayer at the moment, but it's, The Newsreader is set in the 80s in Australia, but it is sort of very much about this news channel and kind of how they treat the female news anchor Right. Um, and then, and uh, you know, the other staff. That's the central story, and there's other staff kind of around that. Okay, um, interesting. Do you think there is an ethical or moral way forward for media, or will it always be about what they believe the majority of their audiences want to see or react to? Wow, Adam, this is a <laughs> massive question. I know. Oh, Sorry. oh my gosh! No, it's a really good one. I mean. Because I think that I think that well, for me the similarities between the, the newsreader and, and your story are, yeah. are the kind of the way that the media behaves, yes, 100%. and it just made me think. Well, it hasn't changed over all this time. No, no, and so. I mean that was the impetus. There were multiple impetus for. It. I mean, we, the way we worked. I'm sure we've had this conversation before, but we saw Kieran, Emma and I saw Kieran's work. You know, we have we were looking for a writer. We saw her work on stage, and immediately we turned to each other and said, "This is, we need to work with this person." And we we're so lucky that Kieran said yes. And we presented her with an idea. We presented her with things we wanted to sort of interrogate. And of course, she took those things and this really developed into something that is so much, you know, something really special. But it was these things. It was that you know, it was coming out of, you know, watching the Great Hack on on Netflix. It was coming out. Uh, again, I'm sure you're probably aware of it. A lot of people are in the UK as well are aware of it. This kind of um, the the murder of Daphne Caruana Galizia in Malta. She was a ger- investig- investigative journalist who, you know, was about to expose some really dark stuff. You know, she was, you know, taken away from in the most brutal way possible. Same with even Princess Di. You know, we're seeing a whole, you know, lots of things coming with the Crown. You know, the latest season and even you know the so the Spencer the film and with Britney. I mean, these things. This is such a topical conversation. And it's it's it feels like Cookie Jar. I was I was worried. I think I told you I was worried. Will this place still be relevant? You know, in a year's time. And I actually think it's even more relevant. It would have been not unfortunately blessed in the sense that this is a really hot topic of conversation. Um, but yes, to to answer your question, it's a funny one. I mean, I think. In a sense, now, I think the biggest danger is that with, with tech, and this is again a conversation that comes up in the play, tech being so advanced, right, is that everybody has access to everything at the click of a finger. 
and as much as there's good news out there there's also you know sort of unreliable sort of fake news platforms so it's so easy to get information but also to get information fast even when something happens in the world we have access to it straight away and as soon as we have access to it, there's different versions of that story and i think a story does grow you know as you pass it on it changes <laughs> And I think in terms of the media, um, is there an ethical way to sort of go about this? I think just, yeah, doing the work, finding out as much of the facts. And I think it's it's sort of been like when you, when you do a play that's sort of based on verbatim, right? Just trying to get as many voices as possible on the subject, presenting them almost, I guess, in a neutral way, and then allowing people to decide for themselves. That being said, We've seen that happen already before, and it doesn't always go, I guess. But is there... I watched... What did we watch yesterday? Um, yeah, at the Old Vic, we watched Eureka Day. And I touched on this question about really pushing... going. I think anything in extreme is scary. You could be extremely liberal, and in that in extreme, it, there's problems, you know? It's it's really that. It's it's really a, it's a fine line and I think I think the most we can do or the media can do is literally just do an extensive amount of research get voices from everywhere as much as possible present those stories forward and then just see you know allow people to make decisions for themselves yeah based yeah. on fact but where is the fact really because you can really that can really get skewed as well so yeah yeah I think I mean I think <laughs> it's all it's all really fascinating because we kind of with with the advances of social media and things like that, we are kind of all our own media outlets, oh, yeah. and 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 then you get fed the algorithms that sort of reinforce your exactly. your beliefs and 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 all that sort of thing. So yeah, it it's it very much feels like it's spiraling out of control. But yeah, it was great, great answer, really, really good. You've mentioned uh, Emma and Kieran already, but tell us about the the rest of the company. Tell tell us about the people you're working with on this show. Of course, so. Emma will be doing, will be help assisting me with the direction in terms of movement. Kieran is the writer. We're also working with Gwenan Bain, who is stage managing the show, and Enrose Ramos, who is our associate producer. She's she's helping us with all the production stuff. It's a it's a first for her as well, which is really nice to be working with someone who's very passionate and learning on the job because we always I love like we're there to learn. We're learning too, you know. I think that's a really that's an important thing that we need to sort of keep in mind as we grow as a company I think that's the most crucial crucial thing to sort of be open to that and then we've got Matteo the Paris is our sound designer he's a fellow Malteser which is which is <laughs> nice and then we've got an, an incredible cast on board as well we have Dave Dave Bibby who's playing the role of Jupiter we have Amy Wallace who'll be playing the role of Cam we have Jadine Renee Prosper playing Tiles and then Nadej playing the role of Nettie and Kat, Catherine Bond playing the role of Bricks. And that is the full group. Yeah, that's a full team. <laughs> Excellent. And where, where are you? Because you're a few weeks away from performing here. It's end of the month, isn't it? So yes. where are you at in the in the rehearsal process? Kind of how's it all going? It's going well. I mean, at the moment, a lot of a lot of focus has been on getting everything ready to go and making sure that, you know, we really want to have, obviously, as any company would, an as much of an audience there as possible in terms of numbers, but also in terms of who are we targeting. It'd be really nice to have a diverse group of people in the room, which, to be honest, is, is a great thing in, in terms that we are a big group, so we have different 
you know kind of outlets where to sort of bring people in from um so we're hoping that that's going to be it'd be really nice to see you know people from the age of you know 18 all the way up to whatever you know that it's not just one sort of strand of people within in the room so the focus has been on that with the marketing and all that in terms of the directing directing part you know i've read the script it was a blessing i worked drama dramaturgically with kieran for the last two years I feel like it's been on my mind for a very long time and I've read the script I think now quite a number of times so it's really now just breaking it down and focusing on kind of on what's going to happen in the room but I'm meeting Kieran this Saturday and we are having a little writer director director session together so we'll be working through each scene making sure that I've got the objective down the message of what she wants to kind of take uh, kind of convey rightly you know we really sort of have a really nice dialogue between each other um i really value her as a person and also the work that she does so i feel i'm feeling quite prepared you know the actors are you know doing well as well i've told them you know if they can come into the room 100 percent prepared letting the lines as neutral as possible so that we can play you know they're they're really you know i'm really blessed we're really blessed we're a lovely group and i'm just really looking forward to getting in the room now we're literally a few days away i think seven days away Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So you've talked a little bit about some of the challenges. Are there any other challenges in terms of either telling this story or staging this as a production? Yes, I mean, there there have been a number of challenges in terms of the staging of it. As we mentioned, you know, we originally wanted to do an R&D of this production and then stage it. Covid hit and we sort of had a choice. We said either we just wait or we start working on it and we chose to work on it and actually ended up being a real blessing because we've been you know this is now Kieran's I believe it's her I've counted as a sixth draft because it was originally you know just um, so she had proposed the sort of the proposal and the sort of narrative sketch so that was a, was a challenge and then obviously we didn't get funding from the Arts Council the first time and uh, it was a decision that Emma and I made and I was really adamant on I really wanted to be a company that, that had a guaranteed paycheck I was a bit hesitant to work on profit share. I really wanted to, and even now, um, with the funding that we've got from the Arts Council Malta, which has been a real blessing, but uh, the hours that everybody's working equate for an equal and fair pay for everybody involved. Um, and that was really a really important point for me um, and for Emma to sort of you know stand by that. So those are the challenges from that aspect. Also, you know, I know that funding is something that you have to know how to do it. You have to sort of, it's a really tiring job. It was like those two weeks when I spent, you know, it was kind of just, it was hilarious. I was waking up, you know, I looked the same as I, when I woke up and when I went to bed, I was wearing the same clothes with the same <laughs> hair, you know, mugs of tea everywhere. So those challenges and even the, I mean, what I always laugh about is if someone told me, if I had to describe what it means to work in this industry, people are always like, oh, because you're in the room, you're in rehearsals. Yeah, most of my time is spent in front of a laptop send it you know working on funding asking people to come and watch this you know selling selling the product selling us you know as creative it's such a it's a lot of work from that and so those have been that have been challenging because obviously really love to be in the room and so we've been doing that you know physical exciting you know creative work but then from a, a story perspective i sort of shot myself in the foot and i i'm glad because i told kieran i said kieran 
you do whatever you write whatever you want on that page then it's my problem I said you don't think, <laughs> don't limit yourself because she's, she's lovely but so she'd be like oh I'm like this is going to be really hard to say this is a bit mad I said do it you know don't compromise your ideas for how we're going to make it happen on stage we'll worry about that later and she did that so now I'm worrying about it later obviously <laughs> <laughs> now later is here now later is here um, but again you know I'm very very aware that what we're presenting on the stage is a fully realized production you know we're putting everything we can into it but at the same time I believe that this is just the first step you know I really believe that the work hopefully um, the work will continue to grow so uh, yes I mean the challenges are there in terms of the narrative but they're fun it's fun to figure these things out you know it's it challenges so from my from my perspective, my brain as a director, like how am I going to manage to convey this on stage? But I'm also lucky enough that I have a team behind me to help me out in the moments that I do get stuck and I don't know the answer. So, yeah, no, it's been it's been great so far. <laughs> Amazing, and yeah, we're really excited about having you in the building and seeing how the seeing how the show develops over over that time, and then finally seeing it on stage. Mm, we're really lucky. We're really lucky to the space because you guys have been so supportive and so understanding from the get go, and the fact that. To have a theatre and the team behind it like have so much belief in a company that you know is so small and an idea having that support has been a massive driving force in us continuing going so far so we're really lucky to be here really lucky great well thank you i mean what's you you mentioned the sort of future of this show and this being the start for, for this show mm-hmm. is there anything else that you're working on is the honeybee going to other flowers at the moment <laughs> <laughs> um i think well to be honest in terms of, like we said with, with Cookie Jar, again, because central to our ethos as a company is this idea of, again, not just not just creating work for the UK industry, but also myself being from Malta um, and kind of keeping those connections really there. I'm always sort of thinking, again, how do we bring that work beyond, beyond the shore? Malta but even you know even other places so the mind the moment is very much on how can we how can we bring cookie jar everywhere in the sense within the UK because there's so you know so many opportunities regionally as well and it's really really lovely to kind of take the story there but also within within Malta obviously but also you know in the larger context of things you know, within Europe too. In terms of ideas, there's always ideas going, Adam. I'm one of, I, there's, there's my iPhone, and then I've got my little notes app, and you've got, you've got the grocery list, and then little notes of stories that we're gonna have this idea, and this idea, and this idea, and then I've got oh, my to-do list. So they're there, obviously, there's, there are other things we're working, on, we're working on, that are just seeds at the moment, but yes, hopefully, hopefully they'll blossom, um, they'll blossom soon enough as well, yeah. Excellent. Well, we, we look forward to hearing more as they as they grow. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this. It's been a real pleasure uh, finding out more about you and the show and the company. Thank you. Cookie Jar is at the space from the 27th of September to the 1st of October. Uh, there's going to be a live stream on Thursday the 29th, which will be available on demand for a couple of weeks after that. And you can buy tickets and find links to all of our social media accounts at space.org.uk. Where can people follow you and Abe? So it's very easy. It's literally at Abe Theatre on Instagram and on Twitter. And on Facebook, you just type in Abe Theatre and we're there as well. (laughs) Amazing. We will pop uh, your tags and links to the uh, description on the podcast so people can find it nice and easily. But yeah, thank you very much again. And we look forward to having you back at the space. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.